0: Welcome to the Cliff Ravenscraft Show. Here's your host, Cliff Ravenscraft. That's right, my friends. I'm back with another episode of the Cliff Ravenscraft Show. And once again, I'm going to be sharing with you one of the episodes that I created for another podcast that I do called The Audio Journal. But wait, hear me out. This is an extremely powerful episode, and it's probably one of the most vulnerable and authentic episodes that I've ever produced. At least it's in the top five, top 10. I mean this is right up there with the episode that I created right after my biological dad my my dad died in 2015 and and I I shared very authentically in this very podcast back in June 2015 my thoughts and my emotional state of mind and and just how I was processing the loss of of the death of my father my biological dad. I say my biological dad because today I talk about my dad a lot. Um, but I, when I say, talk about my dad today, I, I'm talking about uh, a man who was my stepdad until I think 2017 or 2018, when my stepdad, who has been my stepdad since I was I don't know eight, seven, eight years old, something like that. I don't I don't remember. But he's been he's been a dad influence in my life. Uh, throughout most of my life, a majority, if not you know, of my life since I was a very young boy. And I was adopted by him. So I so that's why when I say my biological dad, I, I make that distinction. But anyway, I that was a very emotional, a very authentic, a very transparent thing. Now, in this episode, this, oh my gosh. I'm I share some things that quite frankly, it's when you hear them some especially those of you who are very hardcore Christians like Jesus followers which by the way I am one of those people and I'm very happy happily one of those people but I used to be a hardcore fundamentalist I used to be a hardcore you have to it's it's either you believe it this way or you're on the highway to hell kind of guy uh, and I'm not that guy anymore and i have been influenced in in many ways about things that that quite frankly that if i would have heard me say the things you're about ready to hear 15 years ago i would have said dude that guy don't ever listen to him and so i realized by publishing this episode you you may have a different opinion, opinion of me if you are of a hardcore evangelical christian persuasion what i will say today may cause you to write me off. Or you may actually begin to pray for me that I'll come to the error of my ways and realize that boy, I'm you're going right down that false teacher route just like Joel Olstein or some of those other people. And listen, I'm not saying I support Joel Olstein and his theology or any of those other people because quite frankly, I don't actually adopt I, I I don't adopt any one person of anything and everything that they think or believe. There there's not one person that I've ever met that's ever lived on this planet, where everything that they say. Now, with the exception of Jesus, but I only have a handful of accounts of things that he said. So, with that being said, this episode is going to be very challenging for some of my very hardcore Christian believers. The Bible is the infallible Word of God kind of thing. But, uh, gosh, I really went deep into some some thoughts, and I, I think... It, 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 by the way, this is not meant to influence anybody in one way or another, but instead, this episode is meant, and in fact, this entire series that I'm doing in my audio journal, journal podcast is meant to share how I think and process what other people teach as truth and principles that you can succeed by. So, w- it, just as a quick reminder for those of you who are not aware— Uh, two things here. I have another podcast. It's called The Audio Journal Podcast. It's a podcast that I produce a minimum of once a week. Every single week, there's at least one episode. I've produced, uh, let's see, 15 episodes. No, 16 episodes uh, in the past six days. So that's not normal, by the way, but it could become a new normal because what I've been doing is, I, I just recently got the physical book Version of Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And I've created the, I created, what was it, 13 episodes on the first two chapters of this book. And I'm on the first three or four pages of chapter three. And I'm, I'm now all the way up to the 15th episode. What you're about ready to hear is the 15th episode or the 15th update of Cliff's notes or my thoughts on Napoleon Hill's philosophy of success as outlined and described in Think and Grow Rich, his book. And so, this episode I wanted to share with you here inside of the Cliff Ravenscraft show because I realize some of you aren't going to go over there and listen to that episode if I just tell you. Head over to mindsetanswerman.com slash audio journal or find it on Patreon over at patreon.com slash Ravenscraft. Uh, by the way, that podcast is a ten dollar per month subscription, but I promise you, if I can, just what I've done with these fifteen episodes is already well worth way more than one hundred and twenty bucks a year. So, if you're interested, I'm not going to come back at the end of this episode. If you want more of this kind of content about what you're about ready to hear, I encourage you to go to mindsetanswerman.com/audiojournal or patreon.com/ cliff Ravenscraft sign up today and and start with episode 168 which was the first episode uh, related to this book and and you can just follow from one ep one 168 forward and get all of my thoughts on think and grow Rich as many as I share as I continue to go through this book but without any for everything else has been said um, here I just want to play this episode for you so without any editing, Here's what you're about ready to hear, and when, when you hear the end of that, or the audio journal episode I'm about ready to play for you, that's the end of this episode. So until next time, I encourage you to take everything you do to the next level. This is episode 183 of the audio journal, Think and Grow Rich, update number 15. I'm in chapter three of Think and Grow Rich still, and we're going to talk about the section here that's titled, How to Develop Faith. I'm just, I've am just. i actually done all of my highlighting in the book, underlining and starring the things that are most important to me, and then I've transcribed some of that into my notes in Evernote. And today, in this episode, I am going to read to you the notes that I put into my Evernote file. So the first thing, it says here that faith is a state of mind that may be induced or created by affirmation or repeated instructions to the subconscious mind through the principle of auto-suggestion. And then I wrote a note to the side here. It says chapter four is all about auto-suggestion. So again, I I think I'm going to avoid getting into auto-suggestion here because I've already spoke to it in some of the previous episodes. And and I don't want to get to, I think it's chapter four. And when I get to chapter four, I feel like I've already said all of this before. Although repetition is the mother of skill. Anyway, so by the way, starting that thing off, what does it say? Napoleon Hill said himself, "Faith is a state of mind." Is it an emotion? <laughs> because in the previous episode, he says that faith, love, and sex are emotions, and I had a little, I had a little bit of an issue with that, and uh, and here I would say faith is actually a state of mind. Faith is not an emotion. Uh, but faith certainly does lead to some positive emotions. That Okay, but I've already covered that. Anyway, uh, let's see here. It's a, he says that faith is a state of mind that you will be able to develop at will after you have mastered the 13 steps outlined in his book. All right, think and grow rich. Making repeated affirmations to your subconscious mind is the only known method of developing the emotion of faith voluntarily. All right. Uh, so I I I don't know if I agree with that. I oh, voluntarily. Okay, maybe. So so there there are by the way there you can there are you, you can obviously that one of the things that I'll say here. I believe that it is absolutely possible for you to receive uh, uh, Faith is. By the way, faith isn't just positive. I, faith, you could have faith. Faith. I can. If I say belief, I have a firm belief in something. I have faith that I will be rich. That seems to be possible. I have faith that I'm doomed to poverty. It's faith, right? But it's. It, but there's negative side of it, right? I. I have faith that I'm going to get an A on this test. I have faith that I'm going to absolutely fail miserably on this test. The. the Either one of them are faith, uh, and certainly you may adopt those. The fa- you may adopt either one of those voluntarily through auto suggestion, the repeated affirmation. I will fail this test. I will fail this test. I will fail this test. Oh my gosh, I'm going to fail this test. Oh my, I, there's no way I'm going to pass this test. That is why those who 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 consecutively time after time after time fail tests. That's because that's the instruction they give. But if you want, you can voluntarily uh, induce faith at will... Through re- I, listen, I am going. I de- I have a burning desire to get an A on. I, I have a burning desire to get all A's. I'm going to pass this test with flying covers. I I, I know I'm going to do this because it's going to allow me to get this thing. So and so told me that if I got straight A's, they're going to help me with this, which is a key to my success in getting what I want, bigger things in life, and moving towards this. It's so essential, and I know that I can do this. I have the power to do this, and doing that over and over again will induce your subconscious mind to lead you to take action such as i don't know study for tests. <laughs> oh yeah. Anyway, so uh, it, so is it the only way to do it voluntarily? Now it, you can do it unvoluntarily. You can you can establish strong beliefs involuntarily through crisis moments. Uh, emotionally charged statements from others but if you want to do it voluntarily yourself, he's saying that the only known principle is to do that through auto suggestion and I'm questioning can't you can I I wonder if I can force myself voluntarily to to induce faith by creating a thought and actually tying a strong emotional attachment to it. although he's saying here that state of mind, it's not actually adopting a belief, but a state of mind that will develop faith. You know, So faith is a step, state of mind. So if you want to de- develop, he says the emotion of faith voluntarily, or the state of mind of faith. He, he goes back and forth. He calls it an emotion, then he calls it a state of mind, whatever. doesn't matter, I guess. But if you want to develop a state of mind that that gravitates towards faith, then it will, he's saying it will take auto suggestion. All right. And we'll get into that in chapter four. All right. You, he says you may convince your subconscious mind that you believe that you will receive what you ask for. He says that your subconscious mind will then act upon that belief, passing back to you in the form of faith, followed by. Definite plans for procuring your goal. I don't know about the grammar of that statement. It didn't sit well with me as I was transcribing it, but that's word for word what he said. But here's how I would say these in my own words Your subconscious mind will take what you firmly believe to be true. And once received into your subconscious mind, because you believe strongly in that instruction, that suggestion, it will automatically then be required to give you ideals. It will begin to give you initial steps and actions that you can take towards the achievement of that stated goal or or the outcome that comes from that stated belief. That's how I would say it. And then I put a little note in here. It says you will not get uh, you will not get proposed actions to take to a goal that you do not have faith is possible to reach. So if you do not believe that, if you actually suggest to yourself, there's no way I'm going to pass this test. I, I'm absolutely doomed to failure. Your subconscious mind will not give you a creative, creative strategy and intensely urge you to take actions towards successfully not just passing that or, giving, or getting an A, Unless you believe it, if you consistently say that, you, you'll find yourself procrastinating studying. You'll you'll want to do and will do anything and everything else to distract you, and you'll you'll ultimately fulfill the destiny that you have created for yourself. In fact, there's some other things in here that I'll I'll say, and I, I've got a cliff's Notes here. It says faith. I wrote down faith slash belief can come through repeated exposure to thoughts of others which can lead to good or bad outcomes in lives in your life. Let me say that again. Faith or belief can come through repeat repeated exposure to thoughts of others which can lead to good or bad outcomes in your life. Now, this reminds me of a quote from Jim Rohn. He says, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Well, that's because the five people you spend the most time with have dominating thoughts and they always use language and say things that are in alignment with those thoughts and beliefs. And the more you're around those people, the more you hear those thoughts, the language that they use, every time your brain, your conscious mind is turning that into a suggestion And therefore, you are always auto-suggesting that to yourself every time you hear it. And therefore, repeated auto-suggestions get accepted into the subconscious mind. And therefore, you start believing what those people believe. The average of the five people you spend the most time with and the actions you take are according to your beliefs. So therefore, you start behaving like... The average of the five people you spend the most time with. Tony Robbins has this quote. He says, "The quality of your life is a direct reflection of the expectations of your peer group," and I and it's it's, it's a roundabout way to say the same thing. He gives an an example. So, an example given by Napoleon Hill in the book is how uh, how some people can become. Uh, it's, it's, uh, let me how and let me just put in a little note here. Some people become, or some people can become, there we go. Some people can become criminals. In fact, he quotes a famous criminologist. There we go. Oh, I got it. Criminologist. Anyway, uh, this is somebody who studies those who become criminals. How, How is it that these people actually get caught up into this lifestyle? And this is what that famous person said. When people first come in contact with crime, they abhor it. If they remain in contact with crime for a time, they become accustomed to it and endure it. If they remain in contact with crime long enough, they finally embrace it and become influenced by it. Now I wrote an additional note here. This is how people become radicalized to terrorist organizations. This is how people can get sucked into a religious cult. Uh, heck, I, carrying it out. And I remember reading this the other day as well. Uh, this is how many of us have adopted our faith, whether that be we grew up in a in a predominantly Christian environment or a. a, a An Orthodox Jewish environment, a a Hindu environment, a Buddhist environment, Islamic environment of of faith and theology. I I can tell you right now, if I were born in the Middle East and my children or my parents were hardcore uh, Muslims and studied Islam and they had a profound devotion. To that faith, and they read the—I guess it's the Quran—and and that's what was uh, what what was an instructional book in their lives that led them to leave the live the lives that they are. And let's just assume they're they're Muslims that practice uh, great love and respect for others. Not all Islam is you know is, is bad. I, I've met Muslims that are kind, generous uh, people, and so I. You know, it's it's not unlikely that if I had those parents and, and I spe- especially saw my parents live a, a life that was worthy of emulating and stuff like that that I, I could see how I could be growing up in that environment, I might adopt Islam as my faith tradition and and then all of a sudden i would think that anybody who and i i could it could be repeated so much that it becomes so much a part of my identity that if a buddhist or somebody else a, a christian or a jew and all these others that if they st- tried to start to convert me to their way of saying hey you're going to burn in hell for eternity unless you believe in jesus christ I could see how that would, I mean, I could see how I could be a car- hardcore other faith perspective based upon my environment that I grew up in. And uh, so, yeah. Now, I know this, by the way, this can really open up a big, huge can of worms. This is not meant for me to share a theological discourse and, and things of that nature. I can tell you right now that I am a hardcore, strong believer in God as the Creator, and yes, I use the term God, I have a strong conviction and faith that Jesus Christ came to this earth and that He is the Son of God and that He came to to die and, and, and pay the sacrifice and all this, I mean, that He is the one true way to God. Um, I, I, I believe that He came into the world not to judge it, but to save it. And I I, do, I believe that, that uh, those who will live in eternity with God will do so because of the sacrifice that Jesus made, and it will be through no other way than that, that all knees will bow and all will proclaim that Jesus is Lord, that he's the ultimate authority. Uh, but I've also come to some pretty sacrilegious things, things that— I was taught that if anybody ever said these things, you better watch out, that's a false teacher, uh, because I don't necessarily, I, I don't know that I fully believe. I, I have some doubt on whether or not it's required that all Orthodox Jews, or all Muslims, all Buddhists, all Hindu—you know, whatever the—or even atheists—I, I have, I, 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 have doubt that it's required that you hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, and you, once you hear it, before you die, you must confess that Jesus is Lord, and you, or and for some cases, gosh, depending on who you talk to, you must be baptized or you're going to burn in hell, and oh my gosh, And of course, in some Catholic faith faith traditions, then they believe, well, okay, maybe in purgatory you got that chance. It depends on, I've met Catholics that don't believe in purgatory. I mean, those that do, I don't even know if I have a full understanding of those who do in purgatory, and maybe there's a lot of various different beliefs about what purgatory is. I've come to the place in my life where I'm at right now where, where I can, if if the story in the Bible is true, all right, and, and I believe it's true, but I can tell you my belief is because of repeated auto-suggestion from the time I was a child. I, I, I admit that, but it still doesn't discount the fact that I feel certain about those things. And, and, and beliefs are thoughts that you feel certain are true, I'm emotionally tied to those things, and gosh, there was a lot of emotional language that that all of a sudden, here's a suggestion, if you die tonight and have not accepted Jesus Christ, you could spend eternity in hell. Fire, brimstone, burning flesh, nonstop, every day, that's what you're going to experience if you don't believe this. Boy, you hear that a couple times as a kid and see if that doesn't all of a sudden instill some belief in your subconscious mind and cause you to adopt a faith. I'm just saying. Now, again, I, I, I do believe, I, there, I, I can tell you that I've come to the place where, you know, is the Bible uh, 100% accurate in its modern-day translation? I, I, I have my mind open to the fact that it could be the infallible Word of God. But I have my mind open to the fact that, man, through the years of handing down and translation, is, is this exactly, did God desire for men to write these words exactly as they were, as they are, and put it all together in a book that we could all live by? I'm open to the possibility that that was God, our creator, infinite intelligence, the source of all things. It, it, I, I'm open to the mind, and I lean towards, because of my conditioned beliefs, that that's the case that the Bible is the Word of God desired to, to be given to us. However, I'm also open to the idea that, well, I believe that there are a lot of people who were convinced and had in with the utmost integrity that they believed for sure that this is what God had inspired them to write and and this is what they shared but i'm also open to the idea that the men who wrote these words were open were were just like you and i and had the potential for misunderstanding what god our creator the infinite source of all things was really saying I'm I'm open to the fact that they might have misinterpreted some things. They may have associated some wrong meanings to some things. There are some things in the Old Testament for example that that you know I I just I just can't if, if Jesus is God and He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, okay. So this is getting a little theological. My apologies. Uh, there, there are some things that just doesn't jive with some of the things that God said in the Old Testament. That, that you know, that He's still this. I think it's possible that some people said, "Well, this is got what God says to do, and we're going to go and murder all of the young women, children, blah, 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 blah." I think it's possible that those people misunderstood God. I, I I, I'm just saying I, I think it's possible and by the way okay so <laughs> I'm gonna get myself into a lot of trouble here that's okay uh, my conscience is clear between me and my creator so I, I I don't think there's anything that I can say or believe and I'm not trying to influence you I'm trying to tell you where I've come through this journey but here, here's what I read through the Gospels of Jesus in Mar- Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And by the way, I, I one of the things that I want to do is I want to go out and find those Gnostic Gospels. I think there's, I think there are a couple others. I know there's the Book of Thomas and something else. And some of those, are I think those are included in the Catholic Bible, but the Protestants have decided they're not supposed to be a part of it. And so, who gets to decide <laughs> that these four don't, or these books don't make it in? Uh, Hello. Uh, so anyway, uh, there's that. Uh, th- th- there, I think who was it? That there was one uh, Protestant reformer that says you should just t- toss out this book or this last chapter of something or other altogether. And I'm like, okay. Um, anyway. But here, here's what I read. In in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which I've studied over and over and over again, I don't know if you guys know this, if this is the first, I think this is the first time I've said this, but uh, from 1996 all the way through 2006, 2006, 2007, I was actually, for a decade, I was an associate pastor. I, I actually started in the Nazarene Church, became a licensed minister in the Nazarene Church. I used to preach. I've performed weddings. I've... Uh, presided over some some pretty serious stuff in a minute in, in a ministry positions. So I, I spent a decade as a Christian pastor, as an associate pastor, never as a full-time uh, head pastor, but as an associate pastor positions. I've, I've I've let's just put countless years of my well okay, a decade of my life was devoted to full-time Christian ministry. And, and full-time, meaning hours, not full-time and paid, that's my career, it was just another full-time on top of my full-time career as an insurance agent. I had two full-time careers back then. One was ministry and one was insurance, and then what I realized is actually I had one full-time thing, which is ministry, and I realized that my ministry and my daytime job as insurance was just as valid in ministry as as what I was doing in the church, and that's okay. Anyway, you get the idea here. So, where was I going with all of this? Uh, oh, so Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's where I was. You've got these apostles, mo- m- many of which are the ones who wrote a majority uh, or wrote some of the other things that we have in the New Testament as letters. John wrote a letter. Uh, I think James wrote a letter. Uh, Peter wrote a letter. Or a couple letters, so so th- these the New Testament is a bunch of these letters that these apostles that we read about hanging out with Jesus. These these men are the ones who wrote some of these letters to these other churches. Now, uh, if if you you look at the time spent with Jesus, these guys were not perfect. Hey Jesus, do you want us to to call down fire from heaven and take these people out? And, and Jesus, you know, at one point says to, was it, did he say to Peter, get behind me, Satan? I mean, based upon something he said, and and it's like, these guys were getting it wrong quite a bit. I mean, they, they were fallible. And, and somehow I've been conditioned to believe that at, at the moment that they became in, filled with the Spirit of God, all of a sudden they became infallible that these are the apostles. They're, they're, anything that they wrote or said is to be unquestioned and now becomes theological things that we should base our, our entire lives upon. And so, I then you... And of course, there's Paul, who was converted later. By the way, Paul, a guy who was a very religious person, but then on the road to, Ma- to Damascus, where he was going to carry out more murderers of Christian believers, um, followers of the way... Uh, basically he he was converted on the road to damascus and then he became a, a radical proponent of the faith in jesus christ and he began to write some letters as well so so all of a sudden these are mere men okay now just like me who has a belief that i have when i beca- when i became devoted to jesus and i accepted him and i said hey i want to i want to be connected with you in relationship in this way and, and I adopted that, and I, I adopted the belief that at that moment, I received the gift of the Holy Spirit in me, and now I have this gift of discernment, and God is with me at all times, and and I have this potential to have this relationship with Him. I can hear His instructions through through whatever means. I, I feel prompted by the Spirit, this, this stuff. So here's what I'm saying. All of a sudden, these guys write a bunch of letters— to address issues in some of the local congregational gatherings of, of the saints at the time, the followers, and they say, hey, here here's how you should handle this disagreement among you. This is what Jesus said, and this is what you need to know, and this is God, not me. I'm just saying, how is it that, that it's not possible that some of those things they misunderstood? I can tell you there were times when I preached in a pulpit with full congruency, with absolute conviction that what I'm telling you here is absolute truth. I've read this, and when I read this, God spoke this to me, and I've had this experience that backs this up, and this is how you ought to live your life, and this is how you should handle the situation moving forward, blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden, because of my authority in the pulpit, there were people who lived out their lives according to a suggestion that I just made, and I put some emotion behind some stories, which created some emotions, which got past their critical thinking mind and put it into their subconscious mind, and there are people who then started to live their lives in a different way based upon what I just said in the scriptures, because they already had faith in the Word of God. I gave them the Word of God, put it with an emotional story, and boom, they adopted it as faith, and, and boom, and they begin to subconsciously begin to act in ways according to what they now believe, and that's their programming code. And years later, I realized, oh my gosh, I was so wrong. You know what? I thought this is what that meant, but I can see that I, oh wow. Uh, based upon my limiting beliefs at the time, I oh man, if I, whew, I wish I could go back and undo all the things that I said and preached over the time and undo probably all of the actions that other people took and people who still have those beliefs firmly inside of them operating on them today. Because man, I just don't know that I believe those today. Either I know for a fact I was wrong, or I, I'm just, I know for a fact that I very likely could have been wrong on that. And so my idea and and I've talked to pastor after pastor. And I I've done, like I said, 10 years of of actual ministry. I've lived a, a life in the Christian faith. I've talked to countless other pastors who have preached amazing sermons. I've talked to the preachers who have said things that I don't believe. Matter of fact, go to Steve go to uh, Mindset Answer or no, go to Gspn.tv slash three free sins all spelled out. GSPN.tv slash three free sins or GSPN.tv slash Steve Brown. If that's available when you're hearing this, that's an episode of uh, the Encouraging Others Through Christ podcast where I interviewed uh, Steve Brown from, um, I can't remember the name of his ministry right now. But anyway, but Steve Brown was somebody that I thought was a hair tech for many years uh, when I became a Nazarene because I was taught that anybody that was a cal- Calvinist was taking you off the wrong path. And uh, anyway, but but even when I finally came around and I'm like, okay, I'm open to the things that Steve Brown is saying, which seemed very much a stretch at the time, uh, well, not so much as a stretch, but would have been a stretch years earlier. I, I had this amazing conversation with him, and I asked him, I said, Steve, are there any—because Cliff, man, there are so many things, so many books that I've written, so many sermons that I've preached that I was wrong about, blah, 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 blah. I've had these conversations, and that one just happens to be recorded, and you can go listen to. So, if I and all of these other Christian pastors have all—would most all of them, matter of fact, I haven't heard any that says, no, everything I've preached, I stand by from day one. I've never met a pastor who said that. So if we, who are, who are filled with the Spirit and, and operate by the inspiration and the prompting of God, have possibly said some things and then gave some instructions and interpreted things in the wrong way, is it not possible that the, the letters written to those churches in the New Testament, that some of the things stated there could have been misinterpreting what God truly intended people to live their lives by? You know, for example, I don't know, if, if if any of you have slaves, you should treat your slaves well. I don't know. I doesn't seem to be in alignment with what I think really God was wa- probably wanting, but based upon their environment, I could understand how they could interpret things that way. Just saying, women should shut their freaking mouths in the church and cover their heads. Is that really what God wants us to do? Follow our lives by is that a theological stance that God is that's essential for living a holy life? I don't think so. I think they could have been. I think it's possible they could be wrong about some other things. And boy, I'm I'm not saying that I feel like the Bible that I believe that the Bible is just absolutely full of inaccurate things. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I'm open to the potential that this is not the infallible Word of God. That actually, the Word of God is Jesus. You know that that Jesus in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and and He was with God in the beginning, the Word of God being Jesus, and and of course, you know that where did that come from? And it's I, all I'm saying is I have adopted a Christian faith, a following of Jesus, and it has served me well in my life, and I have not come to a place where I feel compelled that that is a hindrance to living the life my Creator has called me to live. In fact, I feel like it's in alignment. But I can understand how somebody who has grown up in the Islam faith or the Orthodox Jew faith feels that what they're doing is in alignment with the Creator. And if Jesus' sacrifice is required for entrance into eternal life, and that nobody enters into eternal life except through his sacrifice, then the only thing I can think of is in my place where I come to is that if somebody dies without having ever heard the gospel or having heard the gospel and refused it in this life— that when faced in the afterlife, outside of the restrictions of our conscious mind and our, the restrictions of what we can do in our finite bodies, but when we enter into this quantum realm with the Creator, outside of time, outside of the limitations, and then all of a sudden everything is known, instantly communicated to you, you have all wisdom, all knowledge, everything that we see now darkly is now seen clearly, then they say, oh, Jesus. Wow, okay, so I did get that one wrong. That's a very real possibility. Or is it possible that I live my life in devotion to Jesus Christ and believing that all other people will have to go through and could I get into the ever life and say, "Hey, wh- where's Jesus?" And it's like, "Yeah, let's talk about that." <laughs> or or boom, instantly. By the way, I'm telling you, I know this would freak most Christians out, and this is where all of a sudden—this is why I, as a Christian, refuse to be influenced by Napoleon Hill and all these other new thought leaders and blah, 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 blah. Guys, I'm not trying to sway you one way or the other in this. I am honestly, authentically sharing with you my experiences of what I've thought— what my thought process has been, and what I'm understanding about how beliefs come about. And I understand how people can be radicalized by the Christian faith. What does that mean? Well, I don't think that God intended the Crusades to happen, to go out and and murder anybody for for not adopting the the Christian faith, but boy, Christians were radicalized at one point. Uh, So, I I I I'm just saying th- I, th- these are where I'm coming from. I, I for me, I'm still very comfortable saying I believe in God, the creator of all things. I also believe in his son Jesus Christ who came to the world and and he was a representation of God. Uh he is God and he came to show the way. I I love the Bible. I love the scriptures. I I love the holy texts. I do. I I have a a, a deep love and respect for the body of work that's been created by a number of people who have been studying and have a desire to know our Creator more intimately, and who have desired to take the best of their understanding and interpretation of who God is and put it into words through their experiences and what they feel that they've been prompted. But I happen to just believe that it's possible that some of those people could have misunderstood. It's one of the things that I love about the four Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I love hearing the different accounts of the life of Jesus, the, the, some of the stories that are told from various different perspectives. And one of the things that I love about Jesus is some of the things I hear Jesus say— I don't necessarily know that that much of what I read in the Old Testament th- that is said about the nature of God and what he would instruct people to do back then and also some of the things that are even said in the New Testament by Paul and and James and some other people I, I just I, based upon what Jesus said I, I think it's a bit of a stretch sure I, I believe that you feel that God prompted you through the Holy Spirit to inspire those words and your hands went straight from God to your subconscious mind and said write these down and give these and don't ever change a single thing blah 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 blah. I I get that you believe that. But my 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 big question was uh Peter, James, John, Paul, all of all of these letters when they were writing them to a church, to a group of people in in Cap- uh, Comperdium and when they were dry, writing to the people in Colossae and in, in Philippi, when they were writing it to this small or this, maybe a, this large gathering of people to be distributed, when they were writing this letter, did they have in their mind one day? I I know God is going to take all, take my letter and include it with a bunch of other letters from my contemporary apostle friends and and all of a sudden this is going to be put into an instruction manual for the Christian faith I don't I don't know that I believe that because for hundreds of years it didn't exist the The Bible didn't exist. they were, were collected they were they were writings that were passed around. and then someday a group of people came together and said, "Let's put all these writings together and they and then they had discussions. This one should be included. this one shouldn't be. And then there over time, there were arguments and 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 the Protestants kicked a couple out of the Catholic one and <sighs> anyway, so yeah. The subconscious mind will translate a thought or impulse. Uh, anyway, uh, let, let's let's get back. Where where am I in my, where am I in my notes? Oh, okay. So additional note: This is how people become radicalized to Heck, this is how most people adopt their Christian faith. Um, we're at thirty-five minutes. I I will go through the rest of these notes, and I, I'll go through them quickly. Um, I, I think I've said enough on on the faith side of things, on, on, on the religious faith side of things. But yeah, okay, we'll move forward. Here. Any impulsive thought which is repeated, uh, repeatedly passed on to the subconscious mind will finally be accepted and acted upon. Absolutely. I can tell you right now, I think if you take any Christian, th- absolute hardcore Christian, and you drop them inside of a faith community of an of of a Buddhist, uh, Hindu, whatever faith community, and you allow them to have no connection to biblical text, no connection to the teaching and preaching and the the. Uh, affirming thoughts and beliefs of other Christian believers. You take them away from that, but you put them and drop them for five to ten years inside of a small village or a small town, and they live there exclusively among uh, Hindu-Buddhist people. Who uh, are living in peaceful harmony with one another? Who are kind and generous people? And if those people all of a sudden slowly abhor that, they they abhor it at first, but then all of a sudden they they come to accept it, and then they come to be influenced by it, and they start you know attending the teachings of the the uh, whatever the the what is, the guru or whatever, and all of a sudden they begin to meditate, and they start to see some benefits, and they start. Will they be influenced by it and, and can they be swayed over to a different faith than what they grew up with during the first 20 or 30 years of their lives and then live the rest of their lives as a Buddhist and believe that that is, the, that is the true religion, is the true way to God, the, intimate, or the, the infinite source or the source of all things? Yeah, I do believe that's possible any impulse of thought which is repeatedly passed to the subconscious mind will be finally ex- finally accepted and acted upon. I, I believe that one. He says that all thoughts which have been emotionalized, meaning given feeling, and mixed with faith immediately translate themselves into their physical equivalent or counterpart. Now, I got to tell you, there is there is a book called uh, The Wizard Within, The Krasner Method of Clinical Hypnotherapy. I do not recommend you go find this book and get it. It will be ex- very expensive. A dear friend of mine, who is a very highly respected uh, clinical hypnotherapist, uh, gave this book to me as a gift when I told him I was very interested in the art of clinical hypnotherapy. And uh, so he says, Cliff, this is one of the textbooks I read when I was in college studying this, and I think it'll be very valuable for you. And I read this chapter on the power of, of suggestion. And oh my gosh, I understanding that if somebody already has an emotional attachment and faith in you as an individual, in a in a conversation with them, you can make a suggestion. And if they're in an emotionalized state... Of of expectation, confidence, boldness, excitement, or in anxiety, fear. It, it could be negative or positive. It just has to be emotional. If they are in an emotionalized state, and they have faith in what I'm saying is true, because they they feel certain that I would not be lying to them, and that I can give them uh, stories to back out back up what I'm saying, I can state in that moment a suggestion, I can make a suggestion to them, and they will immediately begin to live their lives according to that suggestion. It will instantly write to their subconscious mind, and their programming of their life will instantly be changed. It's how I'm able to be the effective coach that I am today. Look at my coaching clients. Ask any of them. If you need re- recommendations, referrals, I just reach out to me and say, Cliff, I'm thinking about hiring you as a coach, but I'll tell you what, it sounds pretty bold, these things that you're talking about. Can I actually talk to one of your clients? And I already have at least 50 clients that said, you can give them my phone number and ask them to call me, and I will take their call, and I will tell them about the power of your coaching, all right? So, um, But my coaching is not inexpensive, just so you know that. (laughs) All right. The next thing I have here, it says, the emotions or the feeling portion of thoughts are the factors that give thoughts vitality, life, and action. The only thing here, emotions are important. If you really want to get some really significant change in your life instantly, then having emotionalized thoughts are very important boom, subconscious mind reprogrammed, changed in the instant, it is possible for people to be changed in an instant, to change their lives in a moment. Or it's also possible for you to change your life over a significant period or some period of time through the art of auto-suggestion, repeated thoughts over and over again. All right. Not only the thought impulses which have been mixed with faith, but also that have been mixed with any positive emotions or negative emotions may reach the, and influence the subconscious mind. So it doesn't matter. This is another thing. It's not, it doesn't, it's, it really doesn't matter whether the emotions are negative or or positive, and I use both effectively. Tony Robbins in Creating Lasting Change told me how to get leverage with people to understand what, to understand and appreciate the other world, to figure out what their values are, what already motivates them. Once I have that, I can then ask them questions that will instantly, instantly associate in their brain immediate, unbearable, massive pain to not doing the thing that they say they want to do. And I can also, which is negative emotions, I can get them to feel those words, and therefore, boom, I'll make a suggestion, it's there. I, it, I've done my work, it's done. Uh, another one, I, I also help them associate uh, immediate pleasure, massive, immediate pleasure that they will gain if they actually achieve their goal by going after it, making progress, taking action right now. And I can get them to feel it. And then I make a suggestion and boom, it's they get off the call, their lives have been transformed. It's, this is what happens all the time. I have a first coaching experience with somebody. 90 minutes is usually what I do these days. And after that call, I ask them, what's one, two or three things you're going to do based upon our conversation today? Over the next two weeks, I said, let's schedule another call for two weeks from now. And then two weeks later, I asked them, hey, how's life been over the next two weeks? And this is what happens almost every single time, word for word. Oh my gosh, I have accomplished more in the past two weeks than I have in the last five years related to this desire, dream of mine, this outcome, this goal. Oh my gosh, Cliff, everything has changed. Everything is like different, blah, 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 blah. Yes, yes because I understand the power of the subconscious mind. I understand the power of emotions. I understand leverage. I understand how you use all of this stuff, and I understand it because I've studied this stuff intensely. I mean, think about this. I'm on the second page of chapter three of this book, and I'm on, what is it? Uh, the 14th update of my notes on, or 15th update of my notes on Think and Grow Rich. This is how deep I go. And I apply this stuff to my own life. I challenge this stuff. I say, do I really believe this? Is this true? Can I test it in my life? In fact, there's some other things down here. So let's let's move on. I, I, gosh, we're already 43 minutes in this one. Uh, so let's see here. Okay, the subconscious mind will translate a thought impulse of neg- a thought impulse of negative or destructive nature into its physical equivalent just as readily as it will act upon thought impulses of a positive or constructive nature. All right? Now, this goes back to what he said in I think it was the first chapter. He says, "Listen, it it takes no more effort" to be success conscious than it does to be failure conscious. No more effort is required because thoughts require just a little bit of effort, all right? But it takes no more effort for you to think positively and constructively than negatively or destructively. And you are in control of choosing which of those you want to think about. In fact, I encourage you to be intentional about your thought life. Take okay, if and if you're like me and you're a Christian, and you have some uh, some respect and and you desire to live according to the Bible, the Bible says, "Take every thought captive. Take every thought captive. Take every thought captive." be intentional about your thought life. Choose. Are are your dominating thoughts constructive and positive, or are your dominating thoughts negative or destructive? And that leads us down here. Here's what he says. He says, millions of people believe themselves to be doomed to poverty and failure because of some strange force over which they believe they have no control. They are the creators of their own misfortunes, because of this negative belief which is picked up by the subconscious mind and translated into its physical equivalent i'm going to i'm going to translate to you in cliff's version of that last statement they are the creators of their own misfortunes because of this negative belief because the subconscious mind picks up that that belief and it causes those people to act in accordance with what they believe to be true. Because Tony Robbins said it this way, he says, the greatest force in the human personality of why we do what we do, we must remain consistent with what we believe or who we believe we are. The greatest force in all human personalities to remain consistent with what we believe subconsciously, what we believe inside. Our inner life is what creates our outer life. Our inner beliefs are what cause us to take the actions or refuse to take actions. It's all because of what we believe. All right. Uh, here's another one. Any desire that you wish to wish translated into a physical or monetary equivalent in a state of expectancy or belief that the transmutation will actually take place. All right. Uh, or actually, I, I I messed that one up. Any desire that you wish translated into physical or monetary equivalent in a state of expectancy or belief that the transmutation will take place maybe I missed, uh, did that one. Here's how I'm going to say this in a way that makes sense. Any desire that you wish for and you, uh, whether it's physical or monetary, it doesn't matter. Any goal that you wish and desire for and you desire it with a state of expectancy and belief that it will happen, it will actually take place. Now, that's a that, that's a strong, tall order. I go back to my friend Elmer in the previous episode I did. Oh, I don't know. I, 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 am I really, as a short person, ever going to be in the M- MBA Duncan balls? Well, can you say that you will be with a state of expectancy and belief that it will happen? See, expectancy. Oh, it would be nice. No, I expect this is going to happen. See, when I tell you oh, you know what, it'd be really nice if I'd make $360,000 in 2020, and it'd be really nice if my, I'd, I do have a desire that my recurring revenue will hit a minimum of $30,000 per month by the end of this year. Yeah, that, that'd be nice. I, I desire it. Oh boy, but man, this is happening, coronavirus this, blah, blah, blah. It's like, ugh, that, now I feel, I feel this sense of hopelessness. What's going to happen? All these people are going to be impacted. People, Oh, gosh, I just had two people call and they say they're concerned they might have to drop out. Blah, 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 blah. Well, if I didn't have an expectancy that, that this wasn't going to impact me with the coronavirus economy thing, then I would have acted different when I had those two calls. I would say, hey, yeah, I totally understand. I was kind of concerned. I thought some people would do this, so I wasn't surprised when I got your call. No, I got on a call and I said, hey, can can I help you come up with some creative ideas? Uh, not, not to try to convince you to stay, if you decide that that's what you need to do, I I understand, but let's see if we, and they're like, you know what, this is exactly what I needed, Cliff, and man, hey, I just want you to know, I'm in. I'm all in. Forget what I said. I'm all in. I'm telling you, it's because I had an expectancy or belief that that this is what I want that is leading me to take actions that get me closer to those outcomes. Now, it's not saying that those two people were guaranteed not to leave because of their beliefs. But if they did leave, I would have immediately said, oh, wow, that's a, those, those two people were paying $1,000 a month each. That's $2,000 of my recurring revenue that just dropped off. That brings my thing down. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to freaking take a lot of action to replace that, which by my new rate for the mastermind group is 2250 So I need to go get one more new person at, at, at like ASAP, and I'm going to do that. I expect to do that, and I will take actions, and, and I will have it. You know, so, and, and anyway, that's the whole idea here. All right, close notes. It's essential that you begin to experience, by the way, expectancy, expectancy, expectancy. It's not just a burning desire. It's not just a re- raging desire. It's not just a belief. It, you have to actually be in a place where you expect this is going to happen. You're certain it's going to happen. You have faith that it's going to happen. You don't have that, you won't get it. Or you may get it, but but only after it becomes faith. It, sometimes it, it, it takes work to get that faith, and that's what this chapter is about, is how to get faith, right? Um, and you can get that through auto-suggestion, emotionalized thoughts. Uh, you could get it through a coaching session with me. <laughs> anyway, if, if I'm still available when you're hearing this. Uh, close note here. It's essential that you begin with uh, begin to experiment and practice these principles. Put them to the test. Napoleon Hill states that perfection will come through practice. It cannot come by merely reading or hearing, in this case, these instructions. Practice, practice, practice. The reason why I'm able to so boldly proclaim these things is because I have been putting these things into practice for the last decade of my life at a very intentional level, at a level that this audio journal series of Cliff's Notes on on on. Uh, Think and Grow Rich. This is only giving you a hint as to the level of depth I go into personal help and personal growth material on the philosophy of how to succeed with principles in life that are universal that I believe were created by our Creator and were forces put into this worth for our benefit so that we could also benefit from the gift of creation that we've been given by our Creator. Anyway, Uh, let's see here. Uh, Let's see. Okay. Uh, The last thoughts are here. um, The mind comes finally to, let's see here. The mind comes finally to take on the nature of the influences that dominate it. Wow. I don't know that I would have stated that. The mind comes finally to take on, okay, so let's just put this. When it all is said and done, Your mind is going to begin to take on the nature of your dominating influences. Your what are your dominating thoughts? In fact, Hill also says this. He says, it is essential for you to encourage the positive emotions as dominating forces in your mind. He also says, he says, and it's important it's essential for you to discourage and eliminate negative emotions. Now, I put a little note in my Evernote file here, and, I, and this is what I want to read to you. I don't agree with the idea that we it's essential to eliminate negative emotions, although I think I may be reading it out of context. But hear me out. I believe that all emotions are meant to service. I think it is fear, anxiety, worry, uh, some some of the anger. I think some of those emotions, those negative emotions, they are gifts from God just like uh, joy, ecstasy, peace, love, uh, you know, I, th- those things, I, I believe that negative emotions are just as much a gift of, of a gift as the positive ones. And I think that the emotion, this negative emotions and positive ones are signals, but the negative ones are signals that something's not right signals that say hey there's something to be concerned about here there's something you should be looking out for there's possibility of danger there's possibility that you're you're out of in you're out of congruity you're out of integrity with your values something just happened and it goes against what you believe you know, and, and stuff like that. These this You have firm beliefs about how the world should be and, and things aren't that way. And this is a signal to let you know that things aren't going right here. You've programmed me, your subconscious mind, to let you know, and boy, I'm creating some emotion, I'm creating some nervous system responses and I'm causing you through your physiology and I'm, I'm pushing forward thoughts into your conscious mind to start helping you evaluate what's going on here and, and I want you to know this. And, and it's like, man, I think it's important that these emotions be allowed to communicate with, with us what they're trying to say. And then it's important for us to consciously evaluate. What is that signal saying? What's going on? Let me evaluate what's going on here. Let me see how things truly are. Is there something that I need to change here? Is there a different approach? Do I need to do I need to evaluate this belief? Do how what am I focused on? What does this mean? Am I giving it an appropriate meaning? Does this is this what God would want me to have and is this what God wants me to experience? And if not, and he says, "Listen, be joyful always." And again, I say, "Rejoice." And hey, when I, I uh, you know, come to me, you know, be come to me and experience peace. You know, wait a second. It's like this isn't peace. So something that's right. What's not right? Let me about. Eva- oh, here's the issue. So and so did this. This is going on in the world. Hey, there's a snake over here that looks like it's got a little rattler. You know, I'm okay to be fear. I'm. Do- I don't want to rid myself of fear when there's a rattlesnake right over there making that noise with his little tail all right I want to have fear I want to have anxiety I want to have the fight or flight I want to be freaking ready to shut down all of my vital organs and just use only what's necessary to give me the burst of energy freaking run as fast as I can away from that snake right ah uh, anyway um yeah and, and but then I just don't want to live there I don't want those negative emotions to be dominating my life. And that's where people get screwed up. That's where most people are. That's where I was a majority of my life. My dominating thoughts were negative emotions. My dominating thoughts were negative thoughts. My dominating thoughts were, I just need to survive. My dominating thoughts are, I should just survive and just take life it is, and I should just be content with what I have. My dominating thoughts is, I'm not supposed to step out among the crowd. I'm not supposed to go out and try to do things. Who am I to think that I'm more important? Who am I to think that I'm special? My dominating thoughts are, whatever your dominating thoughts are, is the life you create for yourself. Or, the dominating thoughts that you have is the life that you're doomed to have, or you're the life that you're blessed to have? Because your subconscious mind is the auto server mechanism, your auto-success or auto-failure mechanism, if you will. It is, it is, it is this cybernetic system. The subconscious mind is the programming code that causes you to take actions to create your world based upon your dominating thoughts and beliefs. A mind. Last thought here. A mind dominated by positive emotions became becomes a favorable abode or a home for the state of mind knows, known as faith. Now, if you can get your mind, if you can get and live in a state of mind of absolute faith and certainty, if you can get your mind to live in a mindset, a state of mind of absolute faith and certainty, that mind so dominated You can give any instruction to your mind and it will immediately accept it to its programming code and act upon it immediately. You will begin to start taking actions instantly. And this is how you see exponential growth in those who succeed. Because they have dominated their thoughts with positive emotions, constructive thoughts, that's what dominates their world. And if you've listened to my podcast... Lit, if you've listened to this the audio journal all the way from November 2018, and for those of you who may be back all the way in the days of the Pursuing a Balanced Life, where I did almost 600, 700 episodes of that podcast from 2006 all the way yeah 2006 all the way through 2016, you've seen a journey back then when my thoughts were dominated by not so constructive thoughts or A.K.A. deconstructive thoughts uh, or negative thoughts. You've you, you you've seen the actions and the experiences that I've had in life over those first few years of my business when I had a mindset of scarcity, when I had a mindset of worry, when I had a mindset of doubt and a mindset of fear, that dom- I was dominated by scarcity, I was dominated by fear, dominated by worry about what's going to happen next, dominated by, oh my gosh, this what does ah uh, not again ah uh, I totally expected that to happen ah uh, hello expectancy ah uh, but today and and just listen I mean I have I have the utmost faith that life is happening for me not against me I I have the absolute faith that every time I fail it is a great gift. Because whatever I fail, the bigger I fail, the more I learn that will serve me and serve others at the highest level. Every time I fail, and I fail miserably, I am so blessed and and inspired by it because I'm going to take it, I'm going to learn from it, all the valuable lessons, and it's going to serve me better, and it's going to make me a more powerful servant to others. And by the way, I also, every time I succeed, I am not going to hide that success. I am going to shout it from the mountain types, and I'm going to say how excited I am about that success because there are clues that are going to be there that are going to serve me in future endeavors and help me to be of service to others at the highest level. If I get a medical diagnosis from a doctor, I'm going to sit there and say, wow, how is this going to serve me? What does this make possible? that is the dominating that is the that is the mindset that consumes me every moment of every day and it's why i wake up every day not only committed but experiencing more peace love joy satisfaction and an understanding and seeing absolutely visibly everywhere i look opportunity is everywhere there's a an abundance of opportunity everywhere for me to carry out anything I firmly believe that God would want me to create in my life. Think and grow rich, my friends. Think and get what you want. Dominating thoughts. So, uh, yeah, that's this episode. Thank you for tuning in to this 14th, up, or no, 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 15th update on Think and Grow Rich, close notes on Think and Grow Rich. This was episode number 183 of the Audio Journal. Until next time, I encourage you to take everything you do to the next level. Mindset and